episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the devilishly dastardly... The Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week. The Nemesis System and Codemasters Grid Reboot makes for some dramatic racing. Valve announces Steam Library update and dev tools. A Madden 19 logo shows up in Madden... 2020 or 20 2020 20 20s all the way down all the way down shinmu 3's refund process is starting soon but it might take a while ea's infamous defense of battlefront 2's awful grind wins a guinness world record there is an official kfc dating sim and colonel sanders is a cute anime boy we'll have our steam community corner fuck i was too excited about the anime boy (laughs) We'll have our weekly oh, community corner and a Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Good evening, Rage. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been a flowery week. I had a 10-pound bag of flour that I was mail-ordering in uh, kind of explode in my uh, shipment. So, yeah, that took ages to clean up, so I didn't get to play many games. <laughs> Are you diving right into games we played? Is that like an instant segue? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Okay, sure. That's fine with me. We won't waste any time this week, which is very odd, and I'm saying that as I waste some time. Uh, what what game Well, did you play this week, I, Rage? I was part of the community game night, and we played Sea of Thieves, or more Sea of Thieves played us, I think, because... Uh, I, I have some mixed feelings about Sea of Thieves. It's one of those games that it feels like a wiki game. Mm-hmm. It does not explain a damn thing, but also it it honestly doesn't feel like there's a lot of depth to the game. It's more sandbox, which is kind of the antithesis of a wiki game, because typically those uh, types of games are... Yeah, the reason why you need the wiki is that there's so much information that it can't really be presented in a tutorial and have, you know, a decent run, Tom. Instead. Yeah. So Sea of Thieves, in case you are unaware, dear listener, is a uh, pirate open world game. Pirate themed open world game. Um, where that it's you and either a group of friends and or random people get on your ships and sail across what I think is supposed to be sort of a, a Caribbean adjacent uh, set of islands, um, and there's uh, some various factions with missions that you can do. Apparently, there's a storyline. Like once you do a bunch of grinding, there's some like in-game stuff that involves a little bit of story. But I only found that out when I was trying to figure out how to even start a quest last night when we were playing. Um, but it's silly and and wacky, and it, it's made by Rare um, or developed by Rare. So it was supposed to be. When it released, like, you know, Rare, the first game they've made, and and it's going to be great. And I hated it when it first released, because uh, I had Xbox Game Pass um, on, like, a trial or something. Because I think that Sea of Thieves debuted with the Xbox Game Pass, and so you could get Game Pass for a dollar. Um, and 
they had just recently started the Play Anywhere program. So I had an Xbox Game Pass, and I could download Sea of Thieves on my PC through the Windows Store. So I played it that way initially. Um, I can do a tiny bit of comparison. There's not really that much of a difference on the lower end. There's a lot more graphics options. The game seems to run better on my PC than it initially did. So I assume they've done some tweaking and fine-tuning over the last couple of years. Um, And there's a little bit of additional content that I can see. But otherwise, the game feels basically the same. The biggest difference is that instead of trying to play it by myself, I played with you and Jim. Yeah, and uh, I think what uh, what was really the buzzkill was there at the end to me, but we'll get to that. Yeah, so the game being primarily a sandbox was actually a lot of fun. There's a lot of little systems you can play around with, um, like fishing and cooking um, yeah, cooking is just, stuff. Uh, it's just timing. You know, you have to just sit there and watch it cook. Um, and then there's, there's lots of stuff you can do on board the ship. You can launch yourself out of cannons. You can shoot like a little grappling hook thing. Um, and you can actually reel in a person with that. If you shoot them, we discovered that right there at the end. And that's kind of silly and fun. Um, and then there's all of the piratey stuff. You can sail your ship around. And I had the most fun with that last night because of, the way that it works is that one person can't sail a ship really. Or, the smallest or ship, the galleon sloop, at least. Yeah, the smallest ship, which is a sloop, is designed to be used with two people. One person can sail it, but if you get into combat, like you can't shoot the guns and sail at the same time and repair and things. It's a nightmare. Um, but the three of us were on the galleon, which is the largest ship. There's a third ship now. Originally, there was the sloop and the galleon, a little ship and a big ship. And now there's one that I think is in the middle. But I just went with the galleon because I knew it from before, and there were three of us. Um, but on the galleon, one person is just driving the boat, and they could they can operate the sails on the very back of the ship. There's three sets of sails or three masts, but the the main mast in the like dead center of the ship blocks your entire view, so you can't really sail. You have to rely on other people to call out headings and directions, and you've got a compass. Um, and I was the one who was doing the sailing. And between you and Jim, you guys were navigating me around. And you spent a lot of time up in the crow's nest. Like, you were the main navigator. Yeah, uh, trying was... to trying to navigate you, at least. Because, the of course, because it's a sailing ship, it behaves very sluggishly. Yeah. this I will say the sloop, having some experience with it from previous, is a lot more responsive, a lot faster. But the galleon is just, she's just a big girl. she got a fat ass takes a long time to get that ass turned around. Um, and also a long time to stop without just dr- dumping the anchor. Um, yeah, but, even so Jim then. Was, Jim was primarily the anchor man, and he was operating the front two pairs, or the front two sets of sails. I have no idea what the nautical terms are for a lot of this stuff. Um, I know I know my difference between port uh, and the go fast and stern. <laughs> yeah, they go fast sheets. But I don't know like what the technical terms are for each of the masts. I, I'm sure there's you know a, a different name for each of them. But please forgive me if you are someone who is a fan of of sail uh, or sailing. Yeah, don't make us walk the plank. But uh, so Jim was doing that, and then he was primarily on the guns. The couple of times we got into combat, um, well, I guess we really only got into combat once, and yeah. then we shot some cannons at things for funsies. That whole aspect is the most fun, honestly. Like, I really enjoyed, like, where am I going, guys? Do I need to go port, starboard? It's like, oh, the island dead ahead. Drop the anchor, Jim. Drop the anchor. We run into the island. Run aground. It's like, oh, 
We were too slow. We fucked up. We only had one good parking job. Yeah. All of the rest of the time, we rammed into something, or we um, weighed anchor, or dro- no, dropped anchor. We dropped anchor far away. But mm-hmm. we had one time when we pulled up, not perfect, but really well up against a, an actual dock. We were we were all very satisfied with that. Yeah, then it turned sour. Yeah. So we um, we played for like two hours, maybe a little bit more. Um, and we spent the first 90 minutes, give or take a little bit, um, kind of getting our our feet wet. But I'm just, um, getting our sea legs. Our, yeah, getting our sea legs and kind of figuring out, okay, how do we do stuff? How does this work? Because, yeah, there's no tutorial. There's no tool tips. Um, there's some, like, level zero quests that you can get that I had um from when I had played by myself, but I mean, you guys just jumped in and went straight onto my pirate ship and away we went, but they don't really tutorialize anything. They're just like supposed to be really easy. So we tried one that was to go kill some skeleton pirates. Yeah. I'm assuming we- that you also would have had a map for that. And since you couldn't find the map, you know, we went to where it showed, uh, Hey, there's enemies on the map. Uh, okay. Let's go with that. And yeah, yeah. that ended up poorly. Well, we didn't, thankfully we didn't, no, we did die, but we didn't die fighting the enemies. We ran over something in the water. Yeah, like a mine or something. Yeah. Uh, like maybe they dropped a, a an explosive barrel. Possibly, and then we ran it over. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That would have been a, a good move. Because we were in a larger ship than them, and they didn't, they rammed us, but then they ran away. So I don't know if those were human players, or if they were an AI that was off to, you know, fucking off to go do something else. But that would make sense because we were trailing behind them quite a ways, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and if, know, we could have ran over an explosive barrel. Yeah, and if that was uh, yeah, human players, maybe what happened to us was our commandments, you know? Possibly, possibly. But um, and then we ran into a kraken. Although it didn't do anything, we shot it with a cannon a couple times, and then we ran away. Well, we kind of died before you know anything really happened because it was shortly after that that the front of our ship yeah fell off. Yeah. I got taken down with the ship and I drowned. I got um, I got sucked down, but uh, I was able to escape, uh, and then I just uh, embraced death. I went down into the hold. I was like, I, I can save this. I can... Nope. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, um, yeah, as then- you were saying that, uh, I can save this, uh, the main deck was underwater. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, and... Uh, so we sank, we came back up, we were like, how do we actually, like, do mission stuff? So, like, I looked up, and there's a map that shows up in, a, in someone's inventory, and so I had the map, and then we were able to use the map to locate a treasure chest on an island. So we went to the island. Um, yeah, but there was somebody camping the island, waiting for someone to show up, and they followed us back to port and blew us up. Yep, so we, uh, we got while two scre- treasure While chests. screeching us uh, the entire time. Yeah, I had muted chat so i couldn't hear this the screeching but we got two chests off that island and we were all happy we were going back with our treasure the one time we parked our boat good you get one of the chests and you go to sell it and i'm down in the hold and i'm like oh there's some damage we must have ran into something earlier and so i'm fixing it and then i blow up and i didn't know what happened because i didn't have voice chat and then you're like oh they're killing us or whatever yeah sank our ship and that kind of killed our mood for the rest of the time that we played 
because we found like a really good treasure and so we brought it back and sold the the good treasure mm-hmm. when we respawned but i mean that killed it like we we were having i felt like a really good time i was enjoying yeah myself a lot it was just wacky good fun and we were just like hanging out doing stuff and then all of a sudden oh here's some players here's some players that know exactly what they're doing and are working together because there's two or three of them yeah and and jim he was frustrated he kept he was complaining like understandably like i'm not i'm not making fun of jim like i was upset too but i'm typically more quiet about that kind of stuff i was frustrated but he was complaining about you know seal clubbing and um how that it was just like it, it sucked all the fun out of the game and we spent a little while just chatting on the island where we respawned and i was about to go to bed and you're like oh i found this treasure what is this and it was worth like a thousand gold yeah for each of us so, so we sailed so that did uh, yeah it. that did was uh you know a little bit of a pick me up but i'm still really soured about the game because of that yeah because uh, in such a uh, teamwork focused game and uh, such a skill focused game, having it where you know you could be easily skill clubbed. I mean, I got one shot by that guy with the shotgun, and in order to afford a shotgun, you have to do a lot of uh, questing in order to build up that money. Yeah, in order to grind it out. Um, I mean, all the uh, weapons are cosmetic outside of their type, but at the same time, it's not cheap. And they just announced that they're putting in, uh, well, they, they announced what the microtransaction prices are, and they're not micro. They're not micro no. in the slightest. Nope. But, I mean, to a certain extent, like, if someone, like, catches you out and about randomly, okay, that sucks. But I might can understand it a little bit better. But we were docked at port at like a, you know, a, a friendly at, port. Quite literally called Sanctuary Island. Yeah. And they sank our ship and stole our treasure chest. Yep. So, I mean, just like, fuck that. I If, they, if there were safe zones, you know, if there were either certain docks or maybe all of the friendly docks had like a safe zone around them where that if you got there, you were safe then I could handle the PvP aspect of it, I think, a little more out on the sea, because there's this whole, like, well, you know, we could stay and fight, we could run away. Um, if they board us, we can... I mean, I got borders. shot in the middle of town. So... Oh. Yeah, so I was... not even a safe zone on... You're not even safe on land. No, I was on land, in the middle of town, and he shot me uh, right point-blank in the head. So... So, that's why I was pissed. That, yeah, that was no fun. I mean, I, I genuinely had been enjoying the experience. It's not a great game, but it is a game that that can generate a lot of fun if you're playing with, you know, a group of friends and you're just looking to relax and maybe knock out a few quests. You know, it's a very sort of yeah, but like the, how a lot of MMOs are. Yeah, but the MMO, problem a lot is, of MMOs. Well, I was going to say the problem is, you know, you want to relax and just hang out, do some uh, quests. Well. Good luck with uh, a sandbox with other people in it. Yeah. I think there's certain quests, if I remember correctly, the ones where you go and just kill pirates, you don't have to bring back treasure. And there's other quests that you have to bring things back, but they're not treasure chests. They're like quest-specific items. And it, I don't remember or not if it was those guys, the same guys who like were camping out our island where we dug up the treasure. But... Um, you know, there, there's like there's certain things where you're supposed to bring back like animals, you know, chickens, pigs, whatever, mm-hmm. capture those and bring them back. And they're I don't think they're valuable at all unless you're actually just turning in the quest. 
Although people could still grief you and sink your ship and you'd lose the quest. Gee, people griefing you and, and make your ship explode. But if you're not carrying a treasure chest, there might be less incentive for that. I don't know. People are dicks. People are dicks. So. At least I didn't have to hear the screeching. I could, I, I did hear a little bit of it. I, I don't know if it's just so loud. I could hear it coming through, I think, Jim's mic. Yeah. Or if there was a little bit of, like, audio bleed. But I could hear the screeching just barely. But, I mean, I had muted that from way back because I didn't want to talk to anybody or deal mm-hmm. with anything. So. Um, I don't, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the game itself? Looks, gameplay, anything like that? Uh, it's one of those games that I wish that there was more depth to it than what there really is. Because when you really look at the game, there's not a lot there outside of just, you know, Pirate Sandbox. Which, okay, for some people that's fine. But, you know, there's... Once you have a couple people that uh, could work as a crew, you know, that's it. It just doesn't feel like there's a lot of depth to the game. Yeah. I mean, I knew that there wasn't a lot of depth, but it's one thing to you know, know it, and there's another to experience it. And just looking yeah. at, okay, well, all of these weapons are literally reskins of the same weapon. They do the exact same thing. All the uh, clothing is all cosmetic. All the ship stuff is all cosmetic outside of just the ship types. So, you know, it just, I, I'm, I just don't see the point of it. Outside of just being dicks to other people, which, you know, kind of uh, hurts your player base in the long run. Yeah. We had talked about potentially playing it again no, next Monday. I'm done. I'm thinking oh, okay. about it. No. Okay. Never mind then. I mean, you, um, uh, you and Jen can. I don't know. I might. The thing is, is that it's like, I'm sure it's fine with two players and this is nothing against Jim. But the having a larger crew seems like it would be a lot more fun. You know, like, with three of us was great. Four, I think, would have been fine. Two people, like, I mean, you know, if it was just me and you hanging out playing, like, that would be fine. But I think this is one of those things where it's like, well, the more the merrier. And the game loses appeal the less people you have to play with you. Except for the random people. It All of this could be solved if there was, like, a private mode. I wouldn't give a shit if there was some kind of restriction on it. Like, oh, you yeah. can't earn... I don't know achievements, or you yeah. can't earn premium currency if you're in. Yeah, because that's one mode. of the things is that, uh, and that I think it's absolutely going to uh, turn the uh, player base incredibly toxic. Supposedly, uh, according to you, it has a really helpful player base. Didn't see that. According but, to me. Oh, well, or was it Jim that was talking about uh, how supposedly on the subreddit they're talking about how all the players are really helpful to one another? Oh, I it, that wasn't me. Okay, it, it was Jim. Jim. Uh, talking about yeah, how you know, nice the players are to one another. Well, supposedly in the PV or sorry the uh, the microtransaction update, whatever they're going to call it, they're also making a rare skeleton uh, 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 that can drop a minuscule amount of the premium currency. So mm-hmm. in theory, you could grind out you know, that thirty dollar uh, cosmetic ship. But let's be honest, you're not. Now, if anything, that's uh, a feels like a psychological trick of, you know, I have just enough that if I bought five dollars worth of currency, I would be able to uh, afford that chip instead of you know playing for another thirty hours. 
This is going to be like, or this sounds like something that'll be like, um, it, it feels like a mobile title. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say like something like Star Wars Galaxies. I remember when they introduced Jedi to that game, and there was like one quest where you had to go in order to get a part for your lightsaber, and there were just like huge lines of people forming to be like, "All right, who's next to farm the whatever creature to get the part that you need for your lightsaber?" Except this will be worse because all of the pi- all of the people will be shooting each other. And Star Wars Galaxies, I think that it was in like a PvP safe zone. Or a, a PVE zone. Well, it, since was. we're going so back that far, uh, back in EverQuest, all the epic weapons, each uh, one of the classes had, well, actually it was a several uh, of, uh, well, they weren't even the top tier weapons, but they were gimmick weapons. So uh, the, the one that everybody had to have that was of that class was the cleric one because it was a 96% res, if I recall correctly, on the percentage. Meaning that whenever you resurrected someone, they get, they regained 96% of the lost experience, which was mm-hmm. a big deal. Oh, and it was also manless. Um, the warrior's weapons back in the day was pretty good. Uh... Later classes that got added also got the epic weapon quest lines, and they uh, typically had the more useful ones outside of just little gimmick things. Uh, but because the quests were so long and they were also uh, sometimes going to raid areas, uh, there was also at times a, a bottleneck of, you know, uh, okay, you need this item that's from a 36-hour spawn. <laughs> Uh, that has a plus or minus of 10 hours. So, you know, uh, just have parties just kind of ca- uh, camped out, uh, hanging out, talking. Which was really kind of the appeal of EverQuest. Was it was almost a 3D chat room than more than a game at times. Not something I think I would ever want to play now, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But maybe this is because I'm an old fart. Yeah. I never, I mean, we've had this, at least privately, this discussion before. I never played EverQuest. Um, it was, I mean, not before my time, but really before I got into PC gaming. So I, I just, I missed EverQuest. I know it still exists, and, you know. Yeah, but, ev- but EverQuest, it, but. Uh, it's not the same as what it was, because uh, way back in the day, there was, uh, after, like, level 20, 25... It became more and more impossible to be able to solo that game, so you would have to find parties. And the party mm-hmm. system was rudimentary at best. And also, uh, well, one of the appeals, uh, and this is going to sound crazy, was just how big the world was. Going from one of the major human cities to the other uh, without uh, some sort of transportation. Uh, you know, this was just before, uh, uh, or just a bit after I started playing, is that when they added in more accessible fast travel. Uh, to get from one city to the other was an hour, going across several just absolutely huge zones and uh, a couple very maze-like areas. It, it really sold the fantasy world aspect of it. But also, yeah, yeah. kind of shows the the weakness of easily accessible fast travel. 
I think that uh, it was something that uh, World of Warcraft did okay. Uh, it still had fast travel, but it was instantaneous. And it still showed you the world. EverQuest, it just basically popped you up to a hub area, and then you were able to travel back down to any one of the major cities. So it was faster, but you know, it made the world seem too small. It also made some of the areas kind of not unnecessary. Uh, yeah, much like this discussion. Yeah, just I went on the Sea of Thieves subreddit and just searched private server uh-huh. or private. And there are quite a few people who are asking, essentially, hey, can we have private servers or are we going to get private servers? And basically, like laying out things similar to what we've said, want to play with my friends, mm-hmm. what don't want to be griefed, and uh, not all of them, but many top comments are like, yeah, way to fucking ruin the game. If you don't like it, go play a different game. I don't know why you would want this. That's not the point of this game. So, that's where that's at. Yeah. A good game ruined, huh? Or, I, I guess I should say an okay game ruined. Yeah. So, oh, there's some stuff on here that says private servers are coming, but that was a post from five months ago. So, potentially, but their big update... Like, this is their big update. So, if it's not in their big update, then I doubt it's coming anytime soon. Yeah. But, yes, uh, there's there's another... It's an MMO, but there's a sailing game uh, that I have played previously. That's not quite like Sea of Thieves in this respect, but it is a, a piratey, sailing game. So, maybe at some point we could give that a shot. Uh, I'd have to test it to see where it's at. Uh, which one was it? Oh, God, I can't think of the name of it. Um... Yeah, let's just put it this way. Anyone that I found that uh, ta- uh, asked about private servers, uh, 30%, 36% upvoted. <laughs> it was... I'll have to I'll have to look for it. I, I, I haven't played it in a long time. I played it several years ago. It might not even exist anymore. Um, but it, it was an old um, sort of naval trading game. It started out, I believe, on Super Nintendo and has evolved over the years. It's own. It's an Eastern, maybe a Japanese game. Yeah, I'm just trying to... Uh, let's see if Steam has anything. It was on Steam at one point. That's where I played it. Tempest? No, yep. but that looks, just looking at it, that looks neat. Open world action RPG, weird. That looks neat. It's on my wish list. Of course it is. What else is new? Um, I'll have to look for it later, and then I'll I'll put it maybe in Discord, because I don't want to take up too much time trying to figure out what this game is. I mean, it, it might not even be on Steam anymore. It was... I was living in my old house when I played it, so that would have been at least three or four years ago. Um, well, but... here's an, another uh, sailing game, uh, Naval Action. It has some pretty mixed reviews, though. Uh, looks like it, they're pushing some pay-to-win tactics, though, and some heavily priced DLC, which 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's already a $40 game, and there's another 164 for uh, all the DLC. Uncharted Waters Online is is the game that I've played. Um, it says release date was 2018, which is not correct, unless this is like an, a new version of the game and the old one is no longer on Steam. Oh, well, it looks like it's still online. Yeah. I think I actually played this at one point. Here, let me take a look at... Uh, this looks familiar to me. I think I actually uh, tried this out at some point. Uh, this was uh, in between when I played EverQuest and World of Warcraft. I went through mm-hmm. a uh, a bunch of the MMOs at the time to... You know, see if there was anything uh, decent out there that wasn't quite literally, you know, another fantasy MMO. There wasn't. Or at least I tried. Well, I am have queued it for insult. I'm going to try it and see if, I, if, if it's good. I remember it being good, but that was several years ago. And my taste in games Yeah, and also it looks like they've uh, added so. a cash or have a cash shop. So, you know, got to be careful of that. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't have anything else to say about Sea of Thieves and the rest of this tangential conversation. So if you are done, I can move on to my two remaining games. Uh, well, there was one redeeming thing about Sea of Thieves uh, when they announced the um, microtransactions. Or have you seen that? No, I don't. I don't know. I've seen some stuff oh. about, about the microtransactions, uh- but I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, well, on the dev stream where they were talking about the microtransactions, they had a monkey. Oh. And the monkey... Oh, and the monkey pooed on the guy's shirt? He shed on him, he threw up on him. That was one sick little monkey. Literally. I mean, uh, the monkey does represent the audience, doesn't it? (laughs) Yep. Definitely to an extent. Um... Okie dokie. So, other games this week. Uh, I had two other games. I, I mentioned last week I've been trying to play a lot of, of key, key mailer games that I've had in a backlog. And so I've been cranking through those. Um, and I'm probably going to do, I mean, we'll see, but probably two a week for a while until I get all caught up with them. Um, or I might save a few for an off week when I don't have something. But... Uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard for me to play games, and when I get home or it's on the weekend, like I like to play the same games a lot. But it's good to have new things to talk about on the show. So, um, Microtown is the first one on my list uh, of two that I played this week. Microtown is a uh, an indie game. I believe it's a single person developer, and it is a village medieval village uh, city building management game it's very simple relaxing easy to play it's got a nice calming soundtrack Um, it's using sort of a very retro or very minimalist art style it's not ascii like dwarf fortress like it's not like that but it is very sort of 8-bit isometric view you can't scroll the camera in or out which is fine um 
you don't really need to. And it's it's a fairly simple city builder. Uh, you start with just some basics. You can grow some food, build houses, uh, cut down some trees, and mine some stone. There's a small tech tree that you work your way through by completing tasks to get research points. Uh, there is a building. It's a library or a print. It's either the library or the printing press that gives you continuous research points. But you can still get through the entire tech tree without that just by completing challenges, which gives you big chunks of research to go through the tech tree. Um, and as you go and increase your tech tree, you start to be able to sort of reuse the land more and more. Um, initially, you know, you can only chop down forests and there's only so many trees on the map before they're all gone. And I don't believe they regrow naturally. But after a, a couple of advances on the tech tree, you unlock the ability to uh, grow and replant trees. Um, there's multiple different types of crops and some of them will, um, if they're not stored in a silo, will spoil faster than others, um, and can satisfy different levels of hunger. Like initially you can only grow carrots and tomatoes, uh, but later on you can get potatoes and wheat to make bread. You can eventually get, um, beekeepers where you can collect honey and use that to create either food or alcohol um, which you can serve at your tavern, which makes your citizens happy. Uh, there's a few basic mechanics like that. Like there's happiness. Uh, the more citizens you have, the lower their happiness rating is, unless you have things that give them happiness. So alcohol makes them happy. You can build a market square sort of area and place buildings around it. Um, they're like little tent stalls that represent like a, a bazaar or market of some kind. And that increases happiness. You can uh, have healers and um, they can go around and heal people when they're sick, which increases happiness. There's a few other things too. There's some like luxury items that you get a little bit farther down the tech tree, which increase happiness. Um, But essentially the happier your people are, the faster they work. And the sadder your people are, the slower they work. And uh, it increases their chances that they'll die. Uh, which you have to have, if you don't have people that or sorry, if you don't have a church with a, a graveyard, um, then your people won't get buried. And so that will continue to decrease happiness because there's dead bodies in the street, but it's not a complex thing like, you know, Sim City or anything like that. Like there's, you don't need, you know, for example, hospitals because disease can spread. Like there's nothing like that. <clears throat> it's, it's all sort of this happiness, unhappiness economy and then food. Your people can die if they starve to death so kind of they can overwork to death or they can starve to death um but otherwise i don't think they can die from age i've had my village for a long time working towards the final goal in this uh alpha version of the game which is just to build a, a, a monument in your town square and then launch potatoes into space Woo. um but otherwise, the game is, is very simple and fun. Everything There are some basic things you can change, basic parameters, like certain buildings can have X number of workers from you know one to three. Or certain buildings have a plot of land where you can plant crops around it or harvest trees in this plot. And so you have to, um, or you know, not have to, but you can move the plot around so you don't have to tear down and rebuild the building, for example, if you were like, oops, I'm a little too far to the left or... Oh, there's some trees up there. I want my guys to go harvest them. Um, that only extends so far. Eventually, if you want to, to move certain things, you have to tear down and rebuild a building. But 
there's some basic things like that. There's roads. Your people travel faster on roads. They tend to actually stick to the roads if it's in the direction that they're going, which makes sense. Even if technically it would be slower than them just running straight there, most people will take roads or pass to somewhere. So you can do some some city planning and things like that, sort of lay out to try and lay out an efficient city and make sure you get good coverage for things like um, your bars or sorry, your taverns and your uh, doctors and things like that. But a lot of buildings, there's no real range. It's like if you've got a woodcutter and a, a carpenter, the carpenter can be anywhere on the map and he will go get wood from the woodcutter wherever he is on the map and bring it back to cut it up into planks, which are one of the building resources. Um, there's a pretty complex web of, of resources, though. Uh, you can get tools, which are kind of a standard use item that increase efficiency. But in order to get tools, you have to harvest stone, copper, coal, and wood in order to sort of, you know, be able to smelt the, uh, or in iron, in order to smelt the copper and iron down so that you can use those to make tools and have wood for handles and things like that. And there will be multiple steps in the process. For uh, honey, there are naturally occurring flowers, but if you want to create um, beehives in a specific location, then you need to have your gardeners grow flowers and then plant those so that the bees can pollinate them and use that to generate the honey. And then there's another press that you have to build that the guys take the honey to and um, turn it from raw honey into usable honey and then if you want to turn that into alcohol or medicine, you have to take it over to a different building for that. And so there's a pretty complex chain of things, but it's all fairly easily automated. And once you get it set up, it generally just works. Um, you'll notice if you need more of something like, for example, happiness, if you want to have more taverns to increase your happiness, you know, you can see if your happiness is in the negative, you build a couple of taverns, spread them out around your town. And then, you know, you might need to increase production to go along with that. But it, it never feels overwhelming. It's not like, oh, my God, I made this one change and now I have to uproot everything. Like in a lot of, you know, city building or management games, it's not like, oh, this one change means I have to uproot my entire system because the design no longer works. It's just like, nah, stick some buildings over there. They'll, you know, the guys will run it around and get everything taken care of. So it's, it's very fun. It's very relaxing. The art style is very cute. Uh, I haven't completed a playthrough yet but it's in very early access there's talk of a bunch of different additional features along the road or down the road but even as it is i've gotten a pretty solid like three hours out of it so far it's probably going to take me another one to two hours to actually complete the uh the statue and sort of air quotes when you know i i got it for free through key mailer but i would be totally happy to pay you know maybe five bucks for this experience it's currently eight bucks on steam um, in its current state, I think that's a little much, but if that price holds and they add some additional features, um, you know, more buildings or some more customization options with other things or new goals to work towards, you're on an island, so they could do something with the water fishing or boats or something like that, or maybe there's an island chain that you colonize, you know, just a few things like that. I wouldn't want to get it too far out of the scope of what this game is, because the idea, even in the description, is like, you know, a fairly simple, calm, relaxed game, you know, village management game. Well, they um, have said that the price will rise moderately, according to this, uh, before the uh, release from early access to reflect the additional content. Okay. Um, you know, depending on what the content is... 
would depend on what I would feel comfortable with the price at. Like right now, easy five bucks. If you like this sort of thing and you want a very relaxed experience, I could see buying it for the eight dollars, depending on what they add. I mean, I feel like that this could be a really, you know, as long as the content they add is solid, I feel like this could be a pretty solidly pro- priced, you know, fifteen dollar indie game. Uh, uh, well, maybe twenty. It looks bucks like they're with... going more political with the, uh, uh, at least the bullet points on the early access box. Scenario and campaign-like mode with goals, more and expanded production chains, more in-depth villager needs and interactions, governing policy and perks, trading, and improvements to graphics along with more. So, I man, I hope they don't change the graphics. This is the graphics are perfect. Yeah, they're, they they remind me is. of like a '90s DOS game. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, trading could be fun. Governing policies and perks, potentially. More in-depth villager needs and interactions, that's fine. More in expanded production chains, that's good. Scenarios and campaign. Um, there's like an infinite mode, and then what I'm playing is like a scenario where the, the goal is to build the, the monument. So, um, yeah, some of those things are good. I hope they don't change the graphics. I like them the way they are. The only thing that I would, would like, like every all of your people look exactly the same. And that's okay. I just wish that there was like male and female peoples. Well, um, well, the pictures aren't big enough for diversity. Touche. But some kind of diversity, like different shirt colors or something. Um, me and and my kid were just playing a game where we were like, uh, he was like, well, "What's that one's name?" And I was like, "I don't know, buddy. They all look the same." He was like, "I'm gonna call him Bob." I'm like, "Okay." And hey, then that every one's time we brought the screen. Every time we move the screen, it's like, hey, Bob. I'm like, no, that's not Bob. Bob's over there. And he's like, how do you know, Daddy? And I was like, I just know these things. So then we started naming them. And obviously, I didn't know shit. I was just making it up. But, you know, that's one of those opportunities where it's like I can lie to my kid and he thinks I'm cool. So we ha- we've had a lot of fun playing it. So Microtown, great game as it is for like five bucks. Um, with the addition of all these features, depending on how... They play out. I might get see it being worth about uh, $15 in the end. If it's too much higher than that, I don't know if it's worth it. But, I mean, Steam sales come around, so mm-hmm. you could definitely pick it up on a sale. Um, and then the other game that I played is called Railed. This is a um, puzzle game, a train-themed puzzle game. You have a randomly generated board or a random board i don't know if they're randomly generated or if there's a bunch of different boards that it just sort of will pick one and throw it at you um and four different uh stations there's like a train station a factory a rail yard and something else that i can't remember maybe just like a warehouse or something um and a gold mine and you place everything on the map aside from some initial uh tiles that block your path they're uh, mountain tiles um, and some of them have different images, I think, to just reflect, like, different types of terrain. Uh, and otherwise, you place everything down on the map. So you'll place down the gold mine, you'll place down the factories, which you have to place one on each border, but you still get to place them to try and maximize your efficiency. Um, and it's a, it's a puzzle game. So the, the little, if you look on the screenshots, there's a big X button at the center bottom of the screen. Pressing the X button stops a train that's driving by in the background. 
and uh, out one of the cars will open and out will come three different random track tiles and then there's three tiles that you can purchase um, for various sums of money but you build a track continuous track from the gold mine to as many of your four destinations as possible and you get bonuses for creating continuous rail lines so if you just create four individual rail lines from the gold mine to each of the four uh, destinations you'll get a bonus for connecting all four of them but you'll get a bigger bonus if you're able to connect multiple uh, of the destinations in succession so if you're able to connect all four um, to the gold mine through a single uh, route then you'll get a huge bonus for having a continuous rail line also if you feel like all hope is lost for getting all four of them or maybe even any of them to the gold mine you get bonus points for connecting various destinations just together. And you get a certain amount of score for um, each of these things, and the goal is to build up the largest score that you can. It's just reflected in gold coins of like how much money you earn. Um, that money that you earn can be spent on specific tiles uh, that you can see on the screenshots. They're on the, the, the bottom set of tiles. Um... And there's one that's always like a curved piece, one that's always a straight piece, and then one it has got a question mark on it, but what it does is it gives you a random tile that will is guaranteed to connect two of your um, railroad sections together. So you don't know exactly what piece it's going to be or which one it's going to connect, but it's guaranteed to connect them. Um, and they cost uh, it costs three times as much as the standard curve or the standard straight piece that you can you can purchase. But you only get those three for each time that you do the puzzle. So if you use all three of them, then they're gone. Uh, there's also like bonus pieces that you get. So whenever you place them down, uh, you'll get bonus score on your rail line. And then there's a coin that you can plop down on any space in the map that counts as a bonus. And if you uh, move a rail line through that space that is connected to the gold mine or one of the destinations, you get bonus points for that too. So I typically stick it like right next to the gold mine. That way I'm pretty much guaranteed to get it. Um, otherwise, it's it's a fairly sort of straightforward puzzle game. Um, oh, I guess one other aspect is that there's different colors. If you look at the screenshots, there's different colors on the tiles. So you're limited in where you can place a piece based on what the color is. So you might have a curve piece that is the one that you need, but if it's not the right color, then you have to sort of burn it and try and put it in a spot that it's not going to interfere with the rest of your rail line and hope that you get another piece that you can use to go in that slot uh, later. Um, but it, it, it's good fun. It takes five-ish minutes, five to ten minutes, to play uh, a single round. Um, the higher your score goes, the higher your level gets. There's a, a global leaderboard that shows you at the end of every um, at the end of every round, win or lose, like whatever your score is. You can see where you rank. Um, I'm rank. I'm like just outside of the top 100. Um, I don't know how many people are actually playing this game, but I'm just outside of the top 100 at this moment or all time. I, I'm guessing. I'm, I, I throw a number out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm 105. <laughs> Um, I've had a good time with it. It's definitely got some replay value if you're into this sort of thing. 
Um, and it's definitely, definitely not a bad game. I like the art style. It feels very Papers, Please in the art style. Um, the soundtrack also actually feels sort of Papers, Please inspired. Um, so I don't I don't know if, if they are drawing inspiration from that or if they are just big fans or if it just happens to be a coincidence. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence because if you look at the uh, I- icon for it, it's it's not a hammer and sickle, but it's definitely in style of the Soviet uh, icon or the, the Soviet symbol. And uh, Papers, Please had a very Soviet uh, feel to it both in styling and soundtrack and everything. So, you know, I don't know if it's inspired or coincidence. I, I could see it going either way. But I like that. Um, I liked all those aspects of Papers, Please. So, uh, the game's five bucks. And if you like puzzle games, I think this is totally worth the five bucks. Um, if you're not into puzzle games, it's, you know, probably not for you. But um, I, I do think it's worth the five bucks. And if you are interested in it, but you don't want to spend five bucks on it, obviously Steam sales. I could see this easy being like a 99 cent or a $1 game. Um, when so you would buy it for a dollar. Got it. I'd buy that for a dollar. So it released August 30th. I've probably had this for two weeks. So I got it maybe right before release. I had actually played it two weeks ago, but this would, was just in sort of line for it to roll down to this week. But I've had fun with it, so... Yeah, uh, the name does remind me of a another game that just came out, uh, or came out into early access. That I think it would be like a perfect game night game. What is it? Uh, it's I believe it's Unreeled. I saw about it earlier. It's a cooperative track building game. You're just trying to build a track from one station to another. Very Minecraft-ish in uh, gathering resources and uh, in its general low-poly art style. Interesting. I'm in. Yeah, take a look at the trailer uh, real quick of that. The first trailer or the second one? First one. It, okay. it gives you a good premise of what uh, what it is. Uh, basically, uh, it's uh, four-player co-op. I'm hoping it's online co-op, actually. Actually, I didn't check that. Yeah, it looks like online co-op. Oh, is the train always moving? Uh, I think after a certain amount of time, it starts uh, to slowly move forward. Gotcha. Uh, so you have to coordinate uh, uh, your building and uh, resource gathering, and also upgrading the train and protecting the train. And oh, interesting! And it the level sort of expands as you go. Yeah. On their shields, uh, it looks like maybe, it's, uh, maybe shields some sort of rocks? Uh, yeah, maybe some sort of uh, uh, environmental hazard. I saw about this earlier today, and I believe, uh, it, or at least it's the, the developer's first game on Steam. This is very cool. You get a two pack for thirty bucks. Um, I'm gonna see if it's on key mailer and put in a key request if it is granted I know that doesn't help anybody else out yeah. but but definitely something to keep an eye on huh yeah oh it is oh I was rejected okay sorry put in a key for this game sad day rejected alright well um, then I'll probably give it a buy maybe on the next steam sale and you know it just came out so I it won't be super cheap but but hey maybe that uh 
uh, two pack will come down to a, to a decent price, right? Yeah, I mean, I pay twenty bucks for a two pack. Share one, share a few, get a couple of two packs, share them. I don't buy very many games for myself anymore. Between Game Pass and the kajillion free games that I get through Keymailer. Oh, that's and... neat. Uh, I was looking at their supporter pack. It has paper craft stuff. You print it out Ooh. and cut and fold. That's cool. That would be something that my kid would enjoy. I'm assuming the QR code on these uh, links back to the store page, which, yeah, fine, right? Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's on the like it's on one of the feet of uh, the penguin. It's on the be- looks like the belly of the uh, camel. So yeah, it's not obnoxious. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Sweet. Well, thank you for showing me that. I obviously saw it on Keymailer, but I forgot all about it. So yeah. And who does? Uh, yeah, maybe, those we'll, are my games. maybe we'll see it again during the discovery queue. Possibly. Um, but yeah, those are my uh, my three games, which one of them was a game that was shared with you. So I am good to go on if you're ready to I go on. I believe so. Sweet. So our first news topic of the night, uh, the Nemesis system and Codemasters Grid reboot makes for dramatic racing. Uh, the main thing interested in this is hearing another game utilizing a Nemesis system. Um First of all, though, what's your experience with Grid? Just for the listeners, uh, I know that- I've played uh, the first couple. I started Grid two ages ago, but kind of fell off of it. Uh, but yeah, it is a pretty good. I would call it a simcade game. It definitely has some art, uh, some sim aspects to it, but it's not that far into the sim side of things. So, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a happy medium, and I've really enjoyed Grid. Uh, I didn't really care that much for Grid Rally, but I think it's just I didn't stick with it long enough to get over how twitchy it is with the controller, and I don't have a or sorry, Dart Rally, which is uh, the same, yeah, essentially a series, right, or mini series. It's from the, it's from the same developer. I was gonna say, hey, I didn't I didn't know that. I believe it's from uh, Code Masters as well. Uh, well, you keep talking. Uh, but uh, I played it ages ago, uh, uh, Grid. So, yeah, it's been quite a while. I know Autosport got just uh, hammered on. Uh, well, one didn't have an in cockpit view, and the other one it had an in cockpit view, but they tried to do realistic and massive sarcasm quotes. So mm-hmm. uh, they essentially put Vaseline on the bottom of the. Uh, camera whenever you're in cockpit view so to make it try to feel like you're focusing on the road but the problem gotcha. but the problem is none, none of the dials were functional <laughs> so uh codemaster f1 race series the dirt series and grid so it's, so essentially correct. uh they go vroom they do go vroom they do other stuff too but um that is a huge percentage of their games is dirt f1 and grid. Um. Anyways, but yeah. So my experience with grid is fairly similar to yours. I I loved the first one and played the shit out of it. I played the second one. Um. And while there's nothing wrong with it, it to me it was just like, oh, this is more of the same at the time when I played it. And then I haven't. I've played some 
games in the Dirt series. I think Dirt 3 or maybe Dirt 2. Um, but nothing more recent. And then uh, I didn't play Grid. What was it called? Autosport? Yeah. I didn't play that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think Grid was a ha- is a happy medium between sort of Sim and Arcade. Because um, the original Grid, I don't think it did fuel and tire wear, but it had pretty good... Uh, simulation sort of driving system if you set it up that way and then it did do simulated car damage and that was one of the most fun things about the game was to just see how badly you could mangle the cars um, driving you know at 200 miles an hour into a a wall or something that was a lot of fun I spent a lot of time doing that and then it had a rewind system but it was limited rewinds I think you had like five yeah you, or such a, yeah, like you had like five let's see I have uh, Dirt 2, Dirt 3, Dirt Rally, and Dirt Showdown. I wasn't really impressed with Dirt Showdown. Dirt 2 and Dirt 3 were pretty fun. I mean, I realized that, yeah, they're not grid games and they're, they're dirt racing games, but I'm a lot better off uh, road. Yeah, I have Dirt 3 on Steam, and then I think it's Dirt 2 I've played on Xbox 360. Yeah, I think, uh, they gave away Dirt 2 and Dirt 3 at one point, and Dirt Rally is from a humble bundle somewhere. And also have Dirty Bomb. <laughs> I just started nice. to start. But back to the original gist of this article, one thing that, that Grid did that I've not seen in too many racing games, either before or since, that I'm aware of, is that they had a a, a team racing system where you had a teammate um, that you could sort of, that, that drove around with you, and I can't remember if they could earn skill or if you just had to hire a better I think you, if I recall correctly, you had to hire a better one. But you had also limited command over them. So, you know, you could tell them to push it or uh, hang back. Yeah, so they've got, uh, they, they're adding a nemesis system, which the initial part of that is that during races, you can make nemeses if you drive aggressively towards them. And it says that you can get up to five mm-hmm. during a race, but you would have to be extremely aggressive to make that happen. But also, but, there, um, uh, well, one other thing that we were talking about was essentially an AI director for this game and uh, an AI pool. So uh, one problem I kind of always had with really racing games in general, but uh, the Dirt series was kind of the, or uh, Dirt and Grid were uh, the bad ones for it, was that certain racers were obviously a lot, were intended to be a lot better than others. So it got a little bit boring seeing, okay, it's going to be this guy first, this guy second, if I don't uh, get up there, this one third, then it starts to get a little bit murky. Occasionally they do, uh, you know, would uh, goof up, but it felt very static. In this, whenever you start a race, that they said four hundred different, uh, uh, differently programmed AIs or different, essentially AI profiles. Let's be perfectly honest here. Uh, yeah. That it pulls from a pool, and that it has some sort of AI director to try to make the race more dynamic. Now, I'm a little concerned about that just because is it also going to be trying to dick you over if you're doing too well in as a form of rubber banding and since typically racing games are pretty short or uh, per race you know are you going to see that much from it or is this going to be focusing on longer races and the uh, dynamic director or you know, AI director 
is it going to try to just, you know, kind of shake things up a little bit so it's not as monotonous? Yeah, that's my big concern. With, that, that That's the big one I had with this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. So there are a few games that I've seen that have done sort of AI that grow in skill over time. Uh, Forza 2 had this, and then they dumped it, which made me sad because it was one of my favorite parts about Forza. Um, and then Gran Turismo... Various ones have had a B-spec mode, where that you're more of a racing team uh, director, leader, yeah, I, captain. I don't know what that that is. Overlord. Um, yeah, but um, and but you could have teams of drivers in those, uh, and then the AI drivers as well would gain skill over time, and then at a certain point they would retire. And then you'd have to get new ones. So you had a sort of a constant rotating team that you could do things with. And Gran Turismo did a lot more with it because you could have old drivers teach new drivers so you could get them sort of skilled up a lot faster and then push them farther and so on and so forth. Whereas Forza, um, they would just sort of level up. And then as they level up, they would do better in races and get handle better cars. But then you would have to uh, pay them more, you know, a higher percentage of the winning for the, the race. So there have been games that did this before, and I know in Forza that when you were in that mode where you were having other drivers run the race, there was a pool of drivers that you would see, and you could see their skills going up as well because you could potentially hire them um, for your team. So um, there have been games that have used this sort of thing before. So if they do it in the right sort of way, particularly with the different profiles, because I think the only thing that it did in Forza and in Gran Turismo was that sort of the worse they were, the more mistakes they made. Um, especially if you were trying to push them hard mm-hmm. on the Gran Turismo side. Um, in, in Forza, you couldn't really do much other than just like, hey, try to win. And you, you could tell them when, when better in the endurance races. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this is more of a if, if thing that you usually see in like management games, like Motorsport Manager. You, you, know, you have AI drivers that you're pulling from a big pool and uh, leveling up. Uh, the thing about the Nemesis system is uh, if they limit it to a single race, that feels like it's kind of missing the point. If they had it where uh, at least the original grid, it was like a season of racing and it would go year to year. Yeah. If uh, the Nemesis system was applied to that, so as you know, you kind of spoiled a, a racer's ra- or driver's race, if uh, you, you know, uh, overtook them and, uh, was able to, uh, uh, beat them in the championship, uh, in a rather dramatic fashion. Uh, they could become your nemesis and have it be more of a campaign long thing instead of a race long thing. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds I, a lot more interesting to me. I would certainly prefer that. Um, they do mention some stuff about teammates, how that they might, they have their own sort of personalities and a teammate might be, uh, like it, oh, so I'm just gonna read. It says one team might be might be very fast but infuriatingly stubborn, rejecting your orders for him to move up the pack. You can use the controller's D-pad to issue orders. Other teammates might just plain suck in a sport rooted in repetition, hard graft, and tackling courses day after day. Very driver personality should help keep things a little bit fresher. So that could be interesting too. Like it could definitely be annoying if you had a teammate who didn't listen and it was like the shitty people on Forza due <laughs> to the online races. <laughs> But that would add an interesting bit of variety. Like, they might have personality quirks or things like that, which could play out in an interesting way. But I do agree that I, I like would like the idea of a, a more season-long 
or year-long nemesis system um, where that maybe in the beginning, you know, you don't have any, but over your, the course of your first few races, um, based on your driving style and the sort of random drivers it pulls for you, develop nemeses or maybe based on the sponsorships that you get you'd be more likely to have a nemesis yeah or like if there's uh, yeah like racing companies yeah well like uh if you're uh, sponsored by like one brand of oil and you know the their competitor's uh, car uh you know uh, it, it like takes up the nemesis scale I, I, instead of having it be a binary on off maybe have it be a uh, some sort of uh, gradual, uh, you know, like one to ten, where, you know, it slowly ticks up. And what they are describing is like the, you know, maximum rank where, the, you know, they're trying everything to get ahead of you and cut you off and that sort of thing. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, you, know you, you start, uh, uh, racing rough with them. They start, uh, pushing back and slowly becoming more and more of a nemesis. And maybe have it where, you know, it's not flat out called Nemesis. You know, there's like rival or you know that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and yeah, uh, we're we're workshopping a lot of ideas for a game that's pretty much uh, set already. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could do a lot with it though. And honestly, this I mean, is in, almost in this day and age, <laughs> yeah, in this day and age though, I mean, no game is is set in stone anymore, for better or for worse. Yeah, so. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, as long as it's not, you know, utter trash and, like, broken when it comes out, I'll probably buy it at some point. Yeah, just see. maybe when it eventually time. gets humble bundled. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm still pretty much uh, doing all my racing with Forza, even though that's kind of cooled off just because, yeah, we've kind of, or at least I've maxed out outside of just going doing some of the storyline stuff. Yeah, I still want to go back and three-star all the storyline stuff and collect every car that I want in the game. Like, one of everything, every car that I like. Um, I enjoy. I just enjoy playing Forza, though. Like, I played Forza for a while yesterday before we um, did game night. I played Forza for, like, an hour and a half. Just because I was doing some drift adventures. Um, kind of working... Working on that, working out some new drift cars and figuring out that system some more. I finally got the mixer point thing to work. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I... There's a lot of these, like, 24-hour free um, experience streams or whatever. And it, at one point, maybe that worked. But somebody actually has to be online streaming like they can't be sitting still in a menu or anything like that oh so in order oh, so for, that's for legacy stuff to tick down so that's what oh, that's legacy stuff it's broken and they just don't you know never turned it off um well i mean so yeah you do get the the mixer points and the ranks but you have to actually be watching people play the game mm-hmm. actively um and there was some guy who was doing donuts and it was like 24 hour donut stream um but what i've been doing is i've just like at work uh i've had it up and I'll just swap back and forth between the active streamers for Forza mm-hmm. and then just, um, you know, tab out. I've gotten like 15,000 influence. It's not a lot. It When you're first starting out, it would be a ton. Like get you a, a big boost on the level up and get wheel spins and money and mm-hmm. rewards and stuff. But at this point, I'm not going to do it anymore after I hit the max level mixer, whatever. Yeah. Um, just because I want to get the specific rewards for those and then uh, the experience for the star card 
or stamps or whatever they're called. Anyways, this has drifted way far. Much like your online vi- uh, venture. Indeed. Indeed. Nice. Um, so moving on to our next news topic, Valve announces Steam Library update and dev tools. Yeah, so this is something we knew was coming for quite a while, was that they've been working behind the scenes on updating their uh, client overall. And it's been a while since we've seen the last one. And while they finally got around to showing off some of the new library stuff. And yeah, I do agree with you on what you said uh, pre-show is that, yeah, not sure how I feel about this. It it feels very bulky, but then again, we're also in a privileged position. Yeah, if I had maybe 20 games... Oh, well, okay, before I go on about this... Um, Obviously, you can go to the link in the show notes, and you can actually see the screenshots that are up on the link. There's four that show off. I guess this is, I don't know if this is just like a mock-up or how it looks in its alpha state, you know, doing testing. Because um, this isn't isn't live. It releases in to beta on September 17th, so one week from today's recording. Yeah, pretty um, much recording day next week is when this will be out, so we'll be able to uh, have another news topic about it. Yeah, um, but anyways, it, it looks very much like um, the sort of the EA, a, a little bit of the EA one, a little bit of Epics, sort of the way that they do the tiles. There's also a list over on the left side, but it looks like it's got expanded icons on it instead of just being a, a straight up text list. Um, oh, you can enable icons in the Steam uh, uh, current version. Oh, well. Didn't know that. Well, I wouldn't like it anyway. Well, the reason why I don't have it is that they don't have a cache file. So every time you reload Steam, it has to re-download all the icons. So, you know, it's sitting there for ages for me. Right. Basically, anytime I uh, move the uh, scroll bar, it uh, you know has to go fetch more icons. It doesn't. Uh, I don't know why they don't get cached. Oh, well, probably because it's, you know, was it designed for a system uh, for this bigger library? But, eh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it looks like it's combining a little bit of the list view with the tiles, um, which already exists in Steam. You can switch to a tile view if you want, but it, it doesn't look like this. The the one, the existing one is a lot more cumbersome. But um, they're saying that it's going to utilize some sort of things that are like uh, updates for games that you have played recently or frequently. Those will pop up in sort of like a news feed type thing. Um, and then did it say something about announcements? Yeah, they're introducing an event system that developers could uh, uh, tie their updates to or big sales, that sort of thing. Uh, Which already exists in Steam, yeah, but actually. Yeah, but it's buried. That's the thing. Yeah. And also, their news feed is just polluted with a lot of trash from Rock Paper Shotgun from PC Gamer. Uh, sometimes it's actually relevant. Sometimes it spoils games, especially whenever you get into some RPGs that just released. There was a lot of people uh, complaining on, uh, uh, trying to think of, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, the, the fantasy game in, uh, France that, uh, that's on Game Pass now. The fantasy game? Uh, or, 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 or not fantasy game, but yeah, medieval game. Is it the one with the rats? I'm going over to Game Pass because I didn't uh, unload it. Uh, well, Undertale was also uh, a lot of complaints for it, but uh, I'm blanking on it. it. It's where you're playing the Blacksmith's Son. 
Oh, um... You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name of it all of a sudden. Dang it. Well, at least I'm not the only one. And I'm not even seeing it on the list for... Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was wanting to go Deliverance, but it's like, wait a minute, that's the subtitle. Uh, there was a lot of people co- uh, complaining about Kingdom Come Deliverance, or there's a lot of people complaining about Undertale, saying that uh, the newsfeed was spoiling the game for them. So, be able to get rid of all the trash and all the fluff from it, and be it focused on developer-related updates. I mean, I realize that it's also going to tie into... Uh, developers trying to pitch a like a, uh, a Kickstarter for their next game because it already happens. Nine one one operator has uh, a Kickstarter uh, announcement for one one two operator, which is the British version. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it already happens. So you know, if they can refine it a bit where it's more useful, then you know I don't see a problem with it really. Uh, as long as it's not, you know, completely polluted. Yeah. But it also is very interesting in the fact that it would uh, allow for, you know, possibly have it where player campaign uh, stuff could pop up if the developer gets behind it. Um, uh, some of the lesser populated shooters, for example, uh, I've seen uh, occasionally uh, the communities try to rally behind them and uh, have, like, Okay, let's have a game night where everybody gets online at the same time and tries to boost up the servers. So be able to have that pop up uh, could be interesting. Having uh, noticed that, hey, there's a major update coming up to this game that you played six months ago. It could be interesting. It, like I said, it all comes down to just how they handle it. I think that is the more uh, important part of this instead of the library update, but I just hope they don't yeah. break everything with a library update. I agree with you. Uh, but also, kind of circling back around to where we very first started when you were talking about the conversation we had before the show, or before recording, I don't really like the look of it. I've never been a big file, been a big fan of like the tile system, period. Even when I had fewer games. I, I don't like big picture mode for that same reason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like using big picture mode with the Steam Link. Whenever I use it, like, I just don't like that. I don't like the look of it. Um, and I'm someone who keeps my games very organized. I kind of have to. Yeah, mine's semi-organized. But then again, I think it would take me like a week to be able to uh, organize everything. So it, it took me several days. I just was like, I'm going to do this. So I went through and sorted it. And then I just kind of stay on top of it when I get new games now. But anyways... Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I don't like this. I, I mean, I could live with it as long as it doesn't mess with kind of my current system. You know, I could handle the tiles being there. I do like the idea because this reminds me the most of Discord on the homepage because it's got those little, you know, things in your activity feed about games you've played recently or have played a lot. And you can see, like, what your friends are playing and everything, like, right there. And I think that's handy. And if they, they handle it sort of in that way, I'm okay with that. But I don't want that portion of it to just take over the entire library section um, and completely ruin the entire like setup and flow that I have already. I also felt like that this was 
I have no idea how long they've had this in the works on the back end, but I feel like at this point, this is kind of trying to uh, compete in a sense against like Epic and EA and things like that. Cause it's like, okay, well they're competing with us in one way. I guess if we do something, even if it's, you know, modify uh, the way that your library works and give you a couple of tools that will steal some headlines away from Epic and all of their exclusive news. Like that's that's what this feels like to me, and maybe that's just because I'm I've become a cynical old man. Um, yes, the like transform- clouds. Yes, the transformation is complete. <laughs> but uh, that that's how it feels to me. Yeah, it, it could just be the timing is wrong, which make the optics bad. But that's well, this is something they've been I working on this. for quite a while, though. Uh, I would say that the landing page, uh, or at least what looks like the landing page, where it's nothing selected and it's just showing up you know your recently played games uh maybe have it where they also throw in related games so if you're playing grid maybe it would show like grid 2 mm-hmm. uh, i would imagine that would do really well for very related rpgs like just got done with divinity original sin oh that's right i got divinity original sin two ages ago and i was waiting on playing it until after i finished the first one Something like that, but yeah. Uh, as long as it's also scannable, that's also the other thing. Is if they allow more modding of the library system, then I think it would also be a you know, really interesting. But right now, it's pretty much just cosmetic. Yeah, you know, maybe move around a few buttons and that's it. And one other kind of wish list item. Uh, have you ever heard of, I believe it's Depressurizer? No. I'm just, uh, double checking. Yes, okay. So, Steam Depressurizer. What this is, is it scans your library, and then uses the store tags to try to organize it. It did not work for me. That's interesting. Because... I had two, uh, well, my system, I like to have uh, potentially games in multiple uh, subgroups. So, like, if I have uh, a good example, it would be, like, Mass Effect. I would want in, like, uh, RPG, sci-fi, uh, third-person uh, shooter, that sort of thing. Uh, and Depressurizer wouldn't work with that uh, system, so that's why I never used it. But it's... If Valve could refine it, it could be interesting, but then again, it's relying on the store page tags, which we've seen as notorious about getting, you know, trolled. Especially the psychological horror dating and anime tags are practically worthless. Yeah. So, some sort of first party solution <clears throat> for that, you know, could be a little bit more hardwired. But, you yeah. Uh, kind of a wish list item. But yeah, we are also in a rather unique position. I mean, I've had uh, GOG Galaxy for a while, and it's somewhat unusable to me because it kind of lags. You know, something about throwing a few thousand items on the uh, database just makes it go uh, and uh, freezes up. Can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, definitely a reason that would happen. Actually, I haven't tried it in a while, so maybe they've uh, up, you know, made it a little bit more efficient. But yeah, 
I'm just uh, concerned that they're aiming towards the average, which I think is sub hundred games. Actually, let's find out. Uh, okay, the average user from Steam Spa. When was the date on this? From ooh, that's rather old. Uh, according to this, uh, there are several answers here. This one's from three years ago. Uh, somewhere in the ballpark of between thirty and three hundred, thirty and two hundred. So yeah, I mean, that's still a lot compared to when we were kids, huh? Yeah. But even, you know, if they gear it towards people that have, like, sub-hundred games, they could be in trouble if, you know, uh, suddenly it starts liking for everyone that has plus, you know, 500. Yeah, and this is very a 1% problem, but give me this. This is the one time I get to be the 1%. <laughs> the point 0.1%. Um, I don't... Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. I mean, you know, it'll come out next week. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, we'll definitely tour around with it, poke it with a stick. Yeah, see what it does. Uh, come up with our list of grievances and then air them on the podcast, right? Yeah, we'll have, grievances. Uh, I'll go get the aluminum pole. We'll have Festivus early this year. <laughs> Sounds fun. All right, moving on to our next news topic for the week. A Madden 19 logo shows up in Madden 20. <laughs> yeah, this is just a, kind of a little fluff piece. Uh, a tweet kind of went viral of a video of someone sitting on the field and looking at the Madden 20 logo, looking up in the stands at the Madden 19 logo, looking back at the Madden 20 logo on the sideline. <laughs> and... yeah. Kind of just highlights just exactly how copy and pasted things are, where a logo could slip through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you were you mentioned yeah. earlier, like it could have been like a, a glitch or somebody like mistyped like one letter, and so the the code didn't fully execute. Yeah, you know, uh, properly or whatever. yeah, actually, like, Aliens Colonial Marines, uh, the AI for that game was absolutely uh, completely fucked. Because someone mistyped a line of code. <laughs> did you ever hear about that? Yeah, I did. I remember Jim Sterling did like a, a. I mean, I'm sure other people were, but I saw Jim do a. Huge I mean, don't get me wrong; it didn't it didn't redeem it. the game, but it, yeah, it made it better. Uh, and actually, uh, this past week, I didn't find an article for it, but there was reports of NBA 2K20 doing the same thing for the taskbar. Uh, icon. It was the 19 logo. So, I, I think this kind of just highlights why do we need a yearly release for sports games? I mean, the, the answer uh, uh, yeah, is... Uh, money. All money. the money. But, I've always been of the feeling that sports games should be either a biannual or triannual release to have major feature updates and then have the roster updates be DLC. 
DLC or even just patches. Well, let's be honest. I mean, come on, let's be real here, right? No, I know, I know. In my brain, I'm thinking they're so full of microtransactions. Just do the roster updates for free. But, you know, why the fuck would they do that when they could charge money for them? I know. Yeah, now we're uh, uh, we're grumpy old men. So which one gets to be uh, Jack Lemmon? I I I call uh, Jack Lemmon. You get to be Walter (laughs) Matthau. That's fine. You get to look like a catfish. Uh, but I, pr- I probably kind of look like a catfish <laughs> now, anyways. To really sit down and think about it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just really greedy that we have a well. Call of Duty is another good example of it, but uh, sports games kind of are the highlight here of the annual release. Really, is a scam, and it's just kind of something that. Uh, yo, I've ignored for the longest time because, yo, I'm not a sports guy. Yo, I don't really care that much about sports games. But just seeing some of the practices kind of going on here after, you know, uh, really being awakened to them from all the loot box shenanigans, all the microtransaction shenanigans, it makes me really sit down and think, why, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't really play sports games either. Once upon a time, I played Madden because I had friends who did. So I played it just because it was a game I would play with my friends. And it was, you know, every two or three years, for the most part, was when they would have the big updates. And my friends would, like, buy every one. And then I would just get, you know, every other one or so. And that was through high school and college. Um, so I owned maybe three madden games over the course of several years yeah and short of icons was there any way that you could tell them apart no i I had no clue because i don't know anything about i always just pick the titans because i'm from tennessee and they were like oh the tennessee titans are shit and i'm like maybe that's true in real life but this is a video game and they're going to be shit here as well (laughs) I'm, i'm actually really good at sports games i'm just like i'm this is going to sound so, like, I don't know, conceited. I'm good at video games, most video games. And I used to be a lot better at quick, sort of twitchy-type video games. And sports games aren't necessarily twitchy, but you have to make a lot of snap decisions. I didn't know shit about football, but I knew how to play video games. And so I'd spend a little bit of time with it, figure out, like, okay, these are the, the plays where that you freak out the AI and how you can exploit issues with the game and things like that. And I could win regularly against my friends and against the AI. And, like, I'm sure if I went to a tournament, the people who were hardcore into it would kick my ass. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, playing with all of my friends, I didn't know shit about sports, but I was good at video games. So I could still win. So, yay, I had, I had have a skill. I'm still good at video games. Not as good as I was because I don't play them as much. But I can pick up any game... And within probably 15 minutes, be able to play it at an adequate level. All right, let's throw Dwarf Fortress at you again. Well, Dwarf Fortress is special. <laughs> Most management games of, of you know whatever type are, I think, probably the biggest exception to that rule because there's a lot of systems you have to learn. But anything that's more, I guess, more gamey, that's more about... More action-oriented. Reflexes. 
yeah, more action-oriented or puzzle-oriented. Like, I got that. So, anyways. I don't, I mean, I don't really have anything to say about this at all other than, ha-ha, you did it dumb. Yeah, like I said, it's more of a kind of just a fluff piece just because uh, it's silly, it's stupid, it's just absolutely foolish. Which uh, would be a really good segue to the uh, other EA topic, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shame we don't have it like that, but... Well, we could change them. Uh, that's all right. Well, we could take a break from that, but... Yeah, it... I really think that's... Especially sports games. But the annual release needs to go away. Uh, especially <clears throat> as these games get more complex, that they get... Uh, more in depth, hopefully, which I realize, yeah, bad. Yeah, probably not. But I, uh, I don't want to see Madden become essentially Call of Duty, where they have three different developers working on it, and it becomes essentially like three separate games uh, coming out every three years. It, it's just it's maddening. Uh, Madden is maddening to me. <laughs> But then again, eh, right? We're not sports guys. Yeah, we don't get it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, uh, but I did like uh, the sub article on here that I didn't even catch. Snoop Dogg's new esports league definitely allows the use of cannabis. <laughs> nice. Snoop Dogg. What? 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 Huh? Well, uh, moving right along. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Shinmu 3's refund process is starting soon, but might take a while. Yeah, so uh, Shinmu 3. Uh, is there any good news coming out about this game? Serious question. No. no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure there are some like hype pieces somewhere that are talking about, <clears throat> I don't know, something, textures or something, but... Gotta go uh, pick up all the semen at the uh, dock, if you know what I mean. Hell yeah, get those semen. But, yeah. So, they announced that they would eventually do refunds when they went Epic Game Store exclusive for a year. Yeah. Uh, it, it turns out that Epic Game Store is uh, turning into like a beta period for games. Who knew, right? Yeah. And eventually, after a lot of uproar, they said, okay, if you put in for a refund, you'll get it eventually. And they released the time frame for this. The process will start with an email to the backers in mid-September, followed by a two-week-long sur- er, survey period for a refund submission. If you missed that, you're shit out of luck. After that, it could take up to three months to receive the refund. Uh, in a later uh, paragraph of this, uh, the update warns that refund requests will only be ex- accepted if they're submitted through the survey during the two-week period. So, yeah, you know, if you're going on vacation, better watch your email, and you better hope you have it, you know, access to the email that you signed up with Kickstarter with, huh? Yep. Backers were also warned that the refund processing time may vary drastically across individuals, with a refund taking up to 20 business days or up to three months. 
uh, after making their request. I mean, what the fuck, right? Yeah. On, the, like, silver lining, tiny silver lining, at least they actually followed through on giving people refunds. Yeah, but they're but doing... the rest yeah, of this doing, is utter garbage. Yeah, they're doing it in the most douchebaggy way possible. Uh, I, I'm really interested in a statistic coming up. The games that took the Epic Game Store exclusive, what happens when Epic stops being a sugar daddy to these developers? Yeah. I suspect a lot of it's going to dry up really fast if things don't change. Well, I'm not just talking about Epic uh, backing the uh, games, but also just what is going to happen when they don't have to sell the games to make a profit? Because uh, that's just something that's kind of stuck with me from a Jim Sterling video, was if you don't have to sell your game, what is your motivation of making a good game? And whenever it's time for the sequel or your next game, and you and what games you sold were either reviewed poorly or you know, people just heard that through word of mouth that they were terrible, what happens when you don't have your sugar daddy anymore? I'm I'm really thinking that we may see some close studios. I mean, I, you're probably right. I um, suspect that something will ha- like if this trend continues with Epic, that something will happen. Or they'll just or they'll to, just start buying studios like EA. Yeah, or something similar to will happen with what's happened with Steam and Greenlight. Like they developed all these sort of little, um, what's the right word? Not shell companies, but. Uh, subsidiaries no there's a term for it for like a, a business that crops up to capitalize on cabin s- something. yeah thank you um th- i think there will be those of people uh studios popping up to capitalize on this fact um that epic will you know pay them enough money yeah but you also have to hurt it hit a certain threshold of popularity or hype before you were released to be able to get Epic's attention. And you can't do a release on Epic and be on another store. Because they've already shut down a couple uh, games trying to do that. Yeah, release simultaneously on Steam and Epic. Who knew? It wasn't about player choice all, after all. It was about being dickbags. Yep. Um... But yeah, it's going to be really interesting coming up in the next few years when you know these uh, these companies start having to appease the fans again, especially the ones that were absolute dicks about it, like Ooplets. It'll be really interesting. Plus, yeah, something else is that since the Epic Game Store doesn't have a review section. The only news you'll be able to find about reviews for a game is when they came out. So, uh, games that are broken on release, and, you know, that's a very large percentage these days. The only reviews that are going to be out there are going to be, you know, of those broken releases. So, I think the lack of user reviews is going to come back and bite Epic in the ass eventually. Mm Hmm. I think it will. I definitely believe it will. I mean, you know, anything could could happen or change, but mm-hmm. or we could just be cranky old men, and yo, know, 
that it's uh, it's not the kids that are wrong. It's us. But let's be honest. <laughs> it's the kids that are wrong. No, the kids are the kids are wrong. Kids are wrong. Um. Okay. But uh, hey, there are some old men that are wrong as well. Yeah. Yes. Is that your segue for this one? Yeah. Let's go with it. All right. EA's infamous defense for Battlefront 2's awful grind wins a Guinness World Record. Yeah. So this was <laughs> what two years ago now that there was the pride and accomplishment uh, downvote snafu on Reddit where it got 600 and something thousand. It says here 667,821 downvotes. Yeah, I'm actually having trouble pulling up the article. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been long enough that it actually popped up in an Assassin's Creed game, uh, making fun of it. Uh, I believe it was Origins, where you were at, you ask, uh, well, why can't I just buy the uh, accomplishment that I d- or the uh, metal that I need to be able to uh, bypass this uh, side quest chain? And they t- uh, go on about talking about how, uh, how can you have any pride in accomplishment if you just buy it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's funny, but at the same time, I don't know. Fuck them. It feels like one of those, like, really terrible uh, attempts at humor that doesn't actually get it, you know? Well, well, it made a lot... It, if you do about the, uh, the defense, you know, it's a funny joke, but it still fit with the overall theme of the game and it felt like it fit in dialogue wise it it wasn't a borderlands uh, uh joke you know it just wasn't ham-fisted in there i mean it was ham-fisted but it still you know had some sort of uh context that made sense yeah it, it wasn't a manatee joke well, that's good that's good uh uh let me guess you don't know that term no uh it's ma- uh, makes fun of family guy uh, it's from a South Park episode. Uh, essentially, the Family Guy writers are a tank full of manatees, and they just pull random balls out of a giant pile, and they put them together gotcha. for all the cutaway jokes. Interesting. I've never, I've never seen that. I mean, I, I have seen Family Guy, so I know you know, like the cutaway jokes and stuff. But yeah, and they actually took that as the official term as manatee jokes. That's neat. Learn something new every day. Or at least they did for a while. I'm not sure if they still do it. Uh, but getting back on topic, because it seems like we've been going off topic quite a bit uh, today. Uh, yeah, fuck EA. Yeah, fuck EA. I mean, it's hilarious uh, that it's... Yeah, first of all, the most downvoted comment on Reddit is in the Guinness Book of World Records, but the fact that EA got it... Mm-hmm. And a rather... Subs- uh, uh, yeah, a uh, good summary of it. An official post by video games publisher Electronic Arts responding to players' complaints about having to unlock characters such as Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Battlefront 2 through loot boxes has 683,000 down, uh, or 683,000 downvotes. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, you know, a, probably a little bit more depth on what loot boxes are, but I imagine that someone that's looking up the most downloaded comment on Reddit would likely know that. Yeah, and if you're interested in finding out more, you could Google it. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I I used to love the Guinness World Record books. I bought a bunch of them at one point when I was in um, elementary school. school yeah. You know, at the at the book fairs. Yeah, same. <laughs> I had I think five or six from like two thousand one or two thousand two. You know, for five or six years in a row, and then I stopped getting them. Now I kind of want to buy a whole bunch of them. I bet they're really expensive on eBay. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they're really cheap. Well, why don't you just buy some Guinness instead? <laughs> Actually, uh, they are the uh, the beer company. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know why they produce the Book of World Records then? Um, doesn't the story go that it was due to like constant arguments yeah. about stuff yeah, bar in, trivia. Their, in their bars? Yeah, bar trivia. Sort of like uh, the Michelin Stars is from the Michelin Tire Company as a travel guide. Yeah. Um, hey, we may have... Uh, hey, I didn't know that. Volume 2 now. <laughs> Brewing. <laughs> There's like... Uh, they're anywhere from like 10 to 20 bucks a pop on eBay. Some of the older ones are a lot cheaper. Probably they're in really bad shape. But... Yeah, there was, and in all of them, there were always, like, scantily clad women in bikinis, like, in something mm-hmm. that had to do with, like, beauty or breast size or whatever, and, like, little little kid Jared with his shitty dial-up internet sometimes was like, oh, I just want to see a pretty girl, I want to see some boobs, so I'd go get the my <laughs> Guinness World Record books and, like, look at all the pictures of the girls in there, be like, oh, yeah, boobies, but then I got high-speed internet, and... Well, the rest is history. Oh, uh, well, at least now we're able to track. Uh, what year uh, was the last one you had? Uh, I think it would have been 2005. And that's around the time we got high-speed internet. I was like 15, give or take, depending on exactly, you know, the month and everything. But I was around 15 when we got high-speed internet for the first time. So that uh, that checks out. And uh, so that was to check out. Are, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that works. <laughs> that does work. Uh, there's an official KFC dating sim, and Colonel Sanders is the cutest anime boy. So, uh, this, uh, this is proof that we're in a weird timeline, huh? I mean, I'm okay with this part of the timeline. I, I, I saw this earlier today, and I thought it was a joke. I, I really did, but no, this is an actual game that's coming out. This is a a visual novel dating sim, and it's on Steam right now. Uh, where you're well, according to some of the people that I've uh, read comments on, it's more of a romance than a romance. Where you're getting to know Colonel Sanders, and you're essentially at high school or at a university, and it's just weird. <laughs> but uh-huh. I mean, it, this isn't the weirdest of. Uh, uh, tie-in promotional video games because we've seen uh, like the Burger King uh, uh, Xbox games back in the day and those were pretty strange at times. Yeah, most of those were pretty good though. Uh, I remember on the I believe it was the Genesis back when uh, 7up had the cool spot character they had a actually a fairly decent platformer uh, 
where you were uh, uh, trying to rescue uh, Seven Up Cams or something. And of course, there's Pepsi Man. Yep, Pepsi Man. I love this. I'm looking at the Steam page and down at the bottom, like all the features. You go through all the features at at the bottom. Officially created by KFC. No, really. (laughs) KFC has done a couple of video games before. They did the one that was a VR thing. Yeah. It was like a VR like training. Yeah, that was more for their training. But uh, I mean, they have all sorts of weird things. They have Professor Dog that's a corgi that's sitting on a pedestal uh, uh, teaching class. (laughs) <laughs> what you found professor Corby, i'm just looking uh, at professor all of this yeah i'm just looking at all this i love it wait is that a sentient stove i think so yes yes please oh, i can't wait for this is it free uh, is it no free? i think that's actually a deep fryer uh i don't know i don't know what the price tag is going to be on this uh but uh the features Nine lovable characters, multiple hours of, uh, of playthrough, dateable Carol Sanders, a secret ending, shh. secret recipes, double shh. Uh, cooking battles, battle battles, earn a degree from a fictional culinary school, 11 herbs and spices, cute miniature food, and officially created by KFC. No, really. <laughs> so if you search it, um, it says free. Underneath the name. Now, that could be since all it says is planned release date, mm-hmm. September 24th. That could just be like a mistake or a glitch of some yeah. kind. But I'm hoping that it is free as a promotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like KFC. I don't go there very often. There's not one near me. Yeah, same. That's the thing. Most of my fast food choices, like if I'm going to get fast food, I'm just going to get whatever's close. And 99% of the time, that's McDonald's or Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. McDonald's is partly driven by my child. But, you know, McDonald's and Taco Bell are very close to my house. I've got a couple other things here in town, but yeah, I, got, I have a KFC. Yeah, I got a local burger place that's actually pretty damn good. Uh, I have Pizza Hut, which I realize isn't technically fast food, but work with me here. Uh, I have a Taco Bell and a Subway that's within, you know, walking distance for me. Uh, but the Taco Bell, it's... Uh, understaffed and they're, they're well they're not overly popular but they're about the only Mexican in town or Mexican massive sarcasm quotes so yeah. uh, they have to focus on like the drive through and uh, last time I was there I was there for about half an hour just to order my damn drink so I could walk home with it yeah some way there's pretty good though I mean, there's a bunch of fast food restaurants in town, but, like, the close ones that I am will go to is, like, McDonald's, Taco Bell. Yeah, typically whenever I'm a, uh, uh, out and about getting food, you know, I'm, I like picking more local places that aren't bi- part of big chains. Yeah. Like, I went to, well, a 50 Steiner one time when I was uh, out on one of my thrifting adventures. Uh, that was fairly fun, but they were obviously in the middle of remodeling, so yeah, it kind of killed the atmosphere. But yeah, I, I typically don't go to big fast food restaurants anymore. Yeah, well, I can't wait to go date Colonel Sanders. He really is very cute. Colonel Sanders is not. Yeah, they they've re- uh, they've recast Colonel Sanders not too long ago to be a more young, hip Colonel Sanders. 
And I mean, Colonel Sanders does look like sort of a happy, you know, congenial grandfather in all of the pictures. I'm looking to see if there's any photos of him younger. Well, what's uh, kind of funny was uh, uh, all the stories about the real Colonel Sanders that uh, whenever he uh, would go to a, a KFC and he wasn't happy with it, he would pitch a fit. Uh, well, if this is right. Uh, uh, Colonel Sanders is a young man. Uh, hang on, let me double check. Uh, so it's, okay, these are the newer. Yeah. The new person. Yeah. I'm looking for the actual Colonel Sanders. and. Oh, here's a hipster Colonel Sanders. <laughs> what, uh, does he have avocado uh, <laughs> chicken? Okay, here he is. Not in the photo, which is, uh, I feel I got, like, a missed opportunity. Uh, well, it's not anime boyish, but I'll send it to you through Discord. Uh, he does have a boyish face, but not in an anime sense. Yeah. And then he very quickly morphs into an old man. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, this? Uh, he grew up in the 30s and 40s, so photos were a lot rarer. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. I mean, in this photo, let's see. Is there a year for this one? At age 21. So, uh, so 50s? Yeah, possibly. Oh, let's see. He was... I'm not going to read through this whole article, but there's a picture here that Uh, says he was a tire salesman. uh, uh, Well, wait, I have the age or his birth date wrong. He was born in 1890, so 21. Uh, that'd be 1910s. That's probably this picture at the top. Oh, no, no, no. Those are... Oh, it looks like that's Photoshop, actually. Well, if... I don't know. I... Yeah, if you... Uh, Cart. Go to the actual Wikipedia, there's a couple uh, pictures when he's younger. and Yeah, uh, it does have a very boorish face. Good to know. But yeah, cute animu Colonel Sanders is is much, much cuter. So I can't wait to date him and snuggle him. You just want uh, you just want to get all uh, 11 herbs and spices, if you know what I mean. I definitely want all 11 of those herbs and spices. Uh, but let's be perfectly honest. You want to uh, date Professor Dog. Oh, I definitely want to date Professor Dog. I want to date everyone. And they went full anime with this in the, uh, in the trailer, by the way. Actually, Colonel Sanders is re- or in KFC is really popular in Japan. Have you ever looked into that? Yeah, I have. So it feels like maybe this is you know playing to their uh, Japanese audience as well. I, I kind of just remembered that. Wait a minute. <laughs> that I mean, Colonel Sanders is very popular in Japan. Uh, I guess we'll find out in just under two weeks just what happens with uh, the secret spice. Yeah, if it's free, I'm definitely playing it immediately. See, September 24th. So yeah, two two weeks. So we'll do the September Game Club, and then the next week I'll play it mm-hmm. to half for October 1st. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. If it costs money, I might buy it anyways. Depends on how much money it is, but I... It would make sense that they would do it for free and just use it as a promotion. Mm-hmm. 
That makes I mean, sense. think about it. I mean, we're talking about KFC. We are talking about KFC. We've been talking about KFC for quite some time. Like when you want to go defrost some chicken and make some barbecue. Got some chicken in the fridge. I don't have any barbecue sauce, though. It's leftover chicken. But just still delicious. <laughs> I, I couldn't cook oh, I'm it. sorry. I, I saw one comment in the uh, in the discussions, and I, I have to share this joke. Is this the sequel to Hate Your Old Boyfriend? <laughs> oh, now we know the bad ending. The humans have, the humans have taken back the Earth. Yeah, now we know the uh, bad ending for all the storylines. <laughs> there were chickens all along. Alrighty. Well, uh, that does it for our news topics this week. So we shall move it on over to Community Corner. Uh... Did we have any I didn't, tweets? I didn't see any tweets, and I don't recall seeing any email. At least, uh, at least also, last time I checked. I could go check real quick. Go rummage around the bag, uh, turn it upside down, shake it, see if there's anything that falls out outside of some mouths. And of course, uh, yeah, I, I just checked. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not stretching while I'm uh, double checking the email. We got a an advertising thing. From Joe Sinkwitz, who wants us to join his network to do product reviews and influencer campaigns. But uh, no thank you. No, uh, we're holding on for the colonel. I'm also not interested in joining up in with a, a network on YouTube. I don't want to get involved in any of that shit. Um, oh, hey, this is my personal email i just swapped back over to i was about learning about attendance for my kid <laughs> school attendance and illness reminders that's my my top email right now cool oh mine's uh, alerting um, me that there's a deal for uh sid meyer's of uh, six and uh, xcom two from uh, is there any deal so uh game night for next week, I guess, since you're a definite no on... Uh, yeah, just uh, thinking about it, I just don't, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Okay. I mean, you guys um, can well, play. Pe- well, next next week on the list, I believe, is Warframe. I don't have the list pulled up right now. I can go double check. <clears throat> uh, yes, Warframe. And then Cards Against Humanity. And then Defcon is back on the list as well um so more suggestions from community please otherwise i'll just stick some stuff on there and we'll see what we get um but yeah warframe there have been massive changes to the game definitely since the last time i played god did you play even when the first open world came out nope oh i haven't played in a long i could drag you guys through uh well do you wish to have uh the uh, more uh, temperate open world or the cold open world? <laughs> cold open world's better, by the way. Okay. I, I would suggest if you're planning on attending Warframe night, load up the game, make sure it's uh, patches because it has a, a secondary launcher uh, that doesn't go through Steam that runs the patching, and go to the uh. Well, if you're part of the old Kerbalcast clan, 
Go to the dojo and grab a couple of things. There's a uh, arc wing launcher that you can get from there. That is, it, well, it's not required, but it makes life a lot easier. It allows you to be able to jetpack around. Pretty much like uh, you like enjoyed in uh, uh, Anthem. Sweet. I like jetpacking. But uh, yeah, that's it for that then. Where can they get in touch with us, Rach? Well, you can contact us at vglpodcast at gmail.com, just like random YouTuber did. Or you can tweet us, vglpodcast, on the Twitter. So, doobly-doo. For a Discovery queue, yes, indeed. And, hey, I um, got one right away once again. But, of course, I also had it loaded up. I also have one. Uh, what is yours? Blasphemous. Also known as my spirit animal. <coughs> so, Blasphemous is a uh, is a punishing action platformer that combines fast-paced skilled combat of hack and slash games with a deep, evocative narrative core. Developed through the exploration of huge of a huge universe comprised of non-linear levels. So, <coughs> sounds like it's throwing in some Metroidvania as well, which it is tagged for. Has a very sort of uh, dead cells look about it. Uh, it looks like it would be right at home and, and on a, like an SNES cartridge, really, with a little bit more Metroidvania than some of the more Metroidvania games. That's or sorry, more uh, uh, not Metroid, but Castlevania than uh, some of the uh, Metroidvania games have been lately. So a very interesting game and it is developed by Team 17 so Worms fame and it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what the actual storyline is and hey there's a giant crying baby with uh, blood coming out of its eyes and a and a uh, blindfold on so there is that as well yay question mark well I'm assuming you're fighting the baby <laughs> it's a very late term, uh, term abortion very late term all right, well, I got one, too, for my first game that wasn't the same one you had. Age of Empires Definitive Edition. I mean, Age of Empires 2, I think, is the one that everybody remembers the most. But, I mean, Age of Empires 2 came from Age of Empires 1, or was this equal to Age of Empires 1, so... Yeah, which, uh... uh this does have... Yeah, isn't this on uh, Game Pass? I have no idea. Uh, possibly. But uh, Age of Empires... Uh, this does have uh, Age of Empires so Definitive Edition is on Game Pass. Busy. Okay, there's a lot of people saying that this is very buggy. So I, I would suggest if you have Game Pass, uh, go try it out there before considering buying it. Looks like you can get Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition when that releases in November on Game Pass as well. <laughs> so, which that makes sense because Xbox uh, or Microsoft bought them. Or bought it. Bought the rights to it. Bought the studio. I don't know. They own it now. Uh, my next game? Unrailed. <laughs> nice. Uh, do, uh, well, I guess we should talk about it again, just in case people skip that. It is a uh, cooperative or competitive, depending on the mode you're in, uh, train building, or railroad building game, where you're trying to diverse between uh, one... Uh, Station to the next while protecting your train and making sure it doesn't derail. Uh, Minecraft esque uh, graphics uh, with some uh, 
uh, resource collection. It really depends on just how in-depth they go with it. And uh, they're talking about adding a more polished experience and add more content as well uh, for the time span of early access, which they're planning to be three to six months. And it is a fairly cheap game overall. So yeah, you're not saving that much on the double on the two pack though, which is a little bit odd. Usually it's a bigger discount than that. Anyway, uh, you're up next. Yeah, Rings of Saturn. Um, well, Delta V, Rings of Saturn. The I'm just gonna read this. The unexpected discovery of valuable minerals within the Rings of Saturn has sparked a thriving space excavation industry. Experience hard sci-fi, top-down space simulator with every aspect ba backed up by real physics and science. Uh, this doesn't look good from a graphics perspective, but if they pull off, you know, an, an actual genuine like real science type game like i'm all down for that there's not a lot of those um so it would be interesting to see how it plays out plus i'm always into space mm -hmm. stuff and there's definitely mining uh, and looks like there's some combat and stuff so i'm i'm in as long as it's not like a piece of hot garbage oh you get a demo holy shit i'll have to do that it's only 10 bucks too yeah, uh, something that I'll add this to the list anyway because it looks really interesting. But it's a VR game, so uh, Battle Wake. It's a VR pirate sim, uh, but with some mystical elements as well, so magic and a little bit more fantastical creatures. So yeah, unfortunately, it's VR only. It seems, and it doesn't look like there's any plans to make it a non-VR game. But hey, Jim could be interested in it. Right? Yes. And it's also kind of... Uh, it, it looks like VR is slowly starting to progress from just experience-based games. So, hey, maybe VR is actually going to you know, be more uh, substantive uh, in the future. I've realized that, yeah, yes, there are more deep uh, VR games out there. It's just I don't follow VR enough to really know them. So it's good to see them you know, pop you up more and more. So, you got one? Yeah. Pirates Outlaws. Uh, Pirates Outlaws is an easy-to-play roguelike card game. Build your deck and combos to become a reputable pirate. Hmm. I mean, this just looks neat. That looks pirate familiar. deck-building card game. I mean, I did. Or pirate-themed yeah. deck-builder. Yeah, what... Well, it definitely feels familiar, but I haven't seen this particular one. I, I like the art style, uh, that more simplistic art style. Yeah, I like it also. Very clean. Very so smooth. I got one. Fantasy General Two. Armies once again draw battle lines in the war-torn uh, land of Kalandoria. And a new generation of commanders will test their bravery and tactics against each other. Fantasy uh, Wargaming is back. So, turn-based strategy, 4X, Heroes of Might and Magic-esque, uh, from the looks of it. Well, that sounds neat. Uh, it's showing a lot of very big uh, dragons, uh, some large armies... It has a kind of a mixture of Civ and, uh, like I said, it feels like a 
a little bit of uh, here's some money magic and just uh, building up armies. Uh, in a fantasy world, there's a uh, essentially a fantasy version of uh, of uh, a sieve that I'm just blanking on. I have one version of it, but I'm can't recall what it is. But yeah, it it looks very interesting. Cool. I'm still looking. I got several that you had. Well, sorry. Uh, oh, oh, this is. Well, I just got Age okay, of Empires Definitive Attention. Or, or no, well, no, wait, 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 wait. Scratch at, scratch at. I got Age of Empires Two Definitive Edition. Nice. So it's like Age of Empires uh, Definitive Edition, only one better. Only one more. Um, I mean, I think really, if you don't recall either of these games, which honestly, I barely recall Age of Empires, it's, you know, go check it out, see what you think of it. The Star Wars Edge of Empires one was my favorite in that vein. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a Star Wars, almost like a Star Wars skin uh, of Age of Empires. Republic Commando? No, that's the first person shooter. I don't know. So it's Galactic Battlegrounds. Galactic Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. Yep, I played the shit out of that game. Play it today if I had it. Probably find it on, on the interwebs somewhere <laughs> in like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got one. Uh, build. Build what? Um, build. Build what? Build. Build what? Um, it says build and design your own fantasy world using over 600 plus items. In this relaxing sandbox game. No missions, no objectives, no timers. Just stress rebuilding, exploration, and... Oh, pretty much what we wanted uh, out of Sea of Thieves, then. Yeah. I like the idea of this, but I don't know how well it'll do Uh, in a world that's full of survival uh, games that have creative modes. Well, I was thinking sort of like uh, that uh, train game that uh, was the wooden train you just built. Yeah, tracks. Still play that game sometimes with my kid. Uh, well, I got a brawler, River City Girls. This is the sequel to River City Ransom from the NES days. You're now playing the girlfriends that are trying to save their boyfriends by going and beating the ever-living shit out of everyone. So, gender equality? Yay! So that's just it's just uh, breasts ex- no I sorry and the one that I'm looking at this is just breasts exposed from my pleasure on the steam page Oh well uh you've got to tame one then because I've seen a lot more than that on the steam page I I've seen a few but it's always a little surprising to me to see that on steam just because of how they have been in the past it's like this game is the big warning thing this game is marked as adult only you're seeing this game because you've set your preferences to allow this contact or contact content Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put it it doesn't look particularly great it's a visual novel called love the limelight Uh, i don't think i'm gonna add Um, to the show notes if it does that oh yeah that's a good point that's a good point um if you want to go look it up and see the breasts exposed for your pleasure, you can do that, dear listener, by searching for Love the Limelight on Steam or just by going to any porn site 
basically in existence. And probably oh, never mind. There's more breasts. And probably with with nips. Well, obviously, uh, we know what you've been playing and haven't been talking about. And there's this is like an orgy scene. Oh my! There's there's more breasts. How did I miss all of these screenshots my first time through? Do you need a moment? Oh, never mind. You're done. Nah, I'm good. I'm done. So, I've got Pester Quest, which is set in the Homestruck, uh, Homestruck, uh, Hive Swap universe. Telling a story out of that. It's a visual novel? Question mark? I mean, I... I had a friend years ago that was big into the Homestruck universe. He was a little bit odd, but... Uh, I mean, if you're invested in that, this is definitely a pickup for you, because, you know, uh, I believe the comic has ended uh, ages ago, so, you know, now that there's games coming out about it, there's this, and there was another one that's in the universe that uh, tells more stories out of it. There you go for it. Uh, let's see. It, it, Yeah, it's a visual novel. Gotcha. My cue's done. I mean, I don't, I didn't really have a lot to Four? say about it because, eh. Uh, I still have a couple more on my cue. Uh, what the hell? I'll add this. Knights and Bikes. This is from Double Fine, so gotta be a little bit careful about this because sometimes they do good, sometimes they are absolutely horrible. I mean, one of their games is in the bottom uh, 100 on uh, Steam reviews. Knights and Bikes is a hand-painted action adventure set in Britain on a British island in the eight, in the 1980s. You'll play as Nessa and Demesira. Tough, imaginative kids exploring the island in the Goonies-inspired tale. An adventure that uh, sees uh, sees them peddling into danger, seeking treasure, and ancient mysteries to solve. I mean, it looks rather quirky. It looks uh, silly. But it could be really interesting. But once again, it just comes down to, hey, what side of Double Fine is this from? The shitty side or the decent side? Right. So, uh, or sorry, it's... It was published by Double Fun. It was developed by Foam Sword, which that's their only game on Steam. Just break it. I wanted to clear that up. Um, okay, I'll add this as well. Uh, once again, my discovery queue is chock full of good things. Endless World. Endless World is a 3D idle casual ARPG. So there's something for you, right? And it's free. Uh, as a uh, 3D auto casual ARPG, explore endless world and become stronger with every battle. Collect uh, rare equipment and recruit over 40 legendary healer heroes to help you on your adventure. In the end, ev uh, every defeats uh, you have—that's uh, how they say it—every defeat you have will uh, have you only one make you stronger. I, I think there was some English there. In the end, every defeats you have will only make you stronger. Yep. Or maybe just a typo they missed, but... I mean, it looks interesting. It's a, you know, it's an idle game, so... Right? Yeah. But... I mean, I, I like an idle game occasionally. I mean, it, um, it looks like it's a, a little bit more involved than most idle games, at least. 
So I'd say it's worth at least a look. The fact that it's a full 3D idle game mm -hmm. is interesting to me. I mean, I'm sure there are other ones out there, but most of them are 2D or even just like a menu. So I find that interesting. Yeah, and my last one is just a porn game. Uh, I must have been hanging out with you too long. Hmm. Get some of that good, good porn. Well, or maybe bad, bad porn uh, since it's on Steam. Oh, uh, it's, it's pixelated porn. Uh, it's not very uh, high fidelity. Some pixelated porn is the worst. Kind uh, it's of some porn. sort of action RPG, and uh, looks like every time you uh, lose, uh, you lose. Well, there's a picture of her getting uh, her getting fucked by sunflower. So, tell me more. Zip. Actually, that's not true. That would imply that I'm wearing pants right now. Yeah, and and would also imply that you then uh, spend your stamina on Colonel Sanders. I did. I gave all of my stamina to Colonel Sanders. He has my heart and soul right now. Boy, that got awkward, didn't it? <laughs> Did it? I didn't feel awkward. Well, that's because you have no shame. That is very true. So that's my cue done, and your cue done? Yeah, that was it. I uh, finished off. Uh, uh, I saved my... Did you now? Well, not for you. Don't you wish. I do. Um, Alrighty. Well, with us having finished... Oh, my. Why don't you uh, hit him with those socials, Rage? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on YouTube. I came with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitch. Uh, uh, caffeine underscore Rage. And you can find me on Twitter. Uh, caffeine Rage over there as well. And if you wish to talk to me on Steam, you can find me, well, once again, Caffeine Rage. And you've been Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist over on Twitter at JMA4707 or on Steam at JArthur4707. I guess also we talk about Game Pass so much. Um, if you wanted to, because the friend system is weird, if you want to follow me on Game Pass, this goes all the way back to my Xbox Live days. My, uh, Old and busted with underscores between the words. Yeah, how about that? Uh, being a little, uh, uh, well, seeing the, your future, I guess, huh? Well, I'm Indeed. caffeinated rage over there because caffeine rage was attached to an old account that I lost when I changed to Gmail and Yahoo locked me out of my email. I just didn't want to bother with it. And I'm pretty sure I just made this account originally. Because GTA 4 required Game Pass. Or, sorry, uh, Games for Windows. Uh, to be able to do little things like, you know, save the game. So, hey, uh, one place where uh, I've uh, broke br uh, my branding somewhat. Yeah. I don't have branding. So. No, but what you do have is the password for this week. And if you will just let know, Jared, exactly what episode of the, po of the podcast you're coming from. The password for this week is Keelhauled. Keelhauled. <laughs> uh, what I would like to do uh, 
uh, to get a private server, huh? Go keel haul. Indeed. Uh, either that or just, you know, have the monkey shit on the developer some more. He's going to keep shitting on you until you give me what I want. Well, I haven't coded it yet. Well, you better work fast. You're going to be covered in shit. Yeah, I've, I've always... Don't mind me. I've always, I've always admired monkeys. Now, even more so. <laughs> uh, but something else that we admire is our lovely, lovely patrons. Uh, BGL Podcast... Uh, dot, podbean.com is uh, provided by our lovely patrons and you can find more about your patronship patreon.com slash VGL podcast if you wish to contribute to the show you, uh, you can send us an email vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game related topics or just tweet them to us at vglpodcast well, on the twitter our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Cube music is Doobly Doo by the same artist. You can find his work over at Incomputech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.